Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. It's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City. And this is the Superflex Super Show. And I am dipping back into that deep roster at the DAP Network. That's not like alliteration necessarily. It's like... (laughs) A step above. That was, was kind of cool. That's impressive. <laughs> we just talked to Scott Sidlow, uh, and from the uh, the the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Uh, now we've got Rocky Petrella, one of my absolute favorite dudes. Um, also one of my frenemies. Like <laughs> we we have this like ongoing debate. Uh, we've been able to keep it civil, even though we just categorically disagree on quarterback <laughs> management but you're still one of my favorite dudes to talk to rock and uh so it's good to have you back at dynasty ff addict trade addicts podcast and i think you're still on the junkies too quite a bit right yeah i'm not doing every week but uh, i usually do at least a couple a month yeah. uh yeah i mean we have a nice little rotation with me scott who was on last week and andrew hall probably should get him on at some point too just to round it yeah, all out as well so. <laughs> as well i mean i've i've completely given up on asking russ outhouse uh to come up because well, well, every he's got waking... 63 podcast to do so. exactly yeah <laughs> if, like if he's if he's not sleeping or eating he's podcasting yes. so he I doesn't also... I was just gonna say, I also gotta say, no one, no one does an intro in the biz like like you do, John. I love it. Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. the The goal is always to start us off with a ton of energy, and uh, hopefully, it carries us through the show. Um, not that we need it when uh, when we've got you on here. First of all, I mean, just kind of the the nature of you and I's relationship. There's there's plenty of plenty of sparks to go around. Um, <laughs> plenty of uh, plenty of friction. Um, but not only that, I mean, you've got to be super energized. We're recording this. Uh, you don't know this, but this is actually going to drop the day after the Super Bowl. So okay. we'll know who the world champion is. But right I already the know moment. who the world champ is. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to sound there so bad go. if they lose. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Confidence is high, it sounds like, though. Yeah, I got, I got, I got my NFC championship hat here on. Nice. So nice huge fan of the birds uh, as everyone knows um and yeah i mean if we can talk real football for a second uh, mm-hmm. like i mean to to get back to the super bowl this quickly considering you've got you know a new coaching staff completely different coaching staff than the the last time um new personnel yeah. yeah new personnel across the board and and then the quarterback not only is it a different quarterback, not only is it a young quarterback, uh, fairly inexperienced, um, 
I, this was somebody, man, people absolutely hated Jalen Hurts. They were just convinced. Me, me and Russ was, have been joking all the last year that, oh, man, Jalen Hurts, it's sad that he's going to be replaced after that. Because <laughs> one year ago, everyone was talking about Jalen Hurts. You know, you got him for one year, and then the Eagles probably move on. They'll have the draft capital, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was saying all along, man, this guy can make a jump. Uh, I was, it's funny. I was on speaking of jokes. I was on the fantasy timeline pod last year. And I, I mentioned uh, just as a comparison, I said, you know, this isn't necessarily what hurts is we've seen quarterback. There's only, that was only his first full year starting. We've seen quarterbacks make a jump. And I mentioned Josh Allen and then they ribbed me for like six months. Like, Oh, you're saying Jalen hurts is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And this year, Jalen hurts. If you compare their stats was basically, if you combine the rushing and passing touchdowns, it was basically Josh Allen. He was better in yeah. completion percentage, better in interception. I mean, he was he, he just made that jump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm curious what regression is going to look like, but honestly, like, so I, 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 like, I was kind of pounding the table last year for for Zach Wilson being kind of the breakout, but I kept kind of throwing <laughs> in there a little bit here and there, just kind of this. He's just kind of planting some seeds here and there saying, you know, Jalen Hurts is a lot better passer than people think. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. And, uh, you know, the the arm strength has always been there. That's never been an issue. People love to hammer on his accuracy for some reason. And I'm just like, it. That's all, that's, it's always been good enough. Oh, and for, this year he was more accurate than Allen, for example. He was yeah. like 67% this year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, he, yeah, he sets it up with the run, but that doesn't mean, you know, that's, that's just kind of one more dimension to the whole thing. But that's, that's the exact same trajectory to your point is what we saw with Josh Allen. It started off with, you know, take off and run when you feel like that's the, you know, when that's the comfortable thing for you to do. And you just kind of slowly coach in that comfort in the pocket and that, that, you know, keeping the eyes downfield and looking to make a throw. And eventually you've got a guy who is a very good pocket passer who can still run when he needs to. Like that's he's probably the, yeah, he's probably the second best runner in the league. It's Lamar Jackson yeah. and him. And yeah. he he's, does it very well. He, I think he's had double digit touchdowns both of the last couple of years. And you could argue that could regress, but I'm not sure it will. I mean, they like to, like Allen, they like to use him near the goal line a lot. Uh, he's just, he's like I said, the second best rusher in the league. So I, I don't, I don't know that his touchdowns, they are going to, and if they do, I think he'll just make up for it with passing touchdowns. Cause like I said, he's improved leaps and bounds to pass or AJ Brown's obviously helped with that. Also mm-hmm. though, I have to mention, I can't let it pass. Cause I'm, if, if someone who listens to me is listening to this podcast, because I have to talk about your, your Zach Wilson thing there just because yeah. I have been like the Zach Wilson hater of all Zach Wilson right. haters. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I could have told you, John, that that, that wasn't happening. That breakout. You did coming. tell me that you did. You did say, <laughs> and I just chose to ignore you um, <laughs> because I, uh, I, I often do that. <laughs> but like when I get my mind set on something, I'm just like, man, you're not going to talk me off this rock. But yeah, like I've, I had to take an L on that one, but so what it kind of makes me think is like, I'm going to, I'm going to pick somebody this off season to be kind of the, you know, my, 
my this is this is a guy who's gonna break out and what i honestly kind of want to do is just call it kenny pickett just because i don't care about kenny pickett whatsoever <laughs> i don't actually think he's any good so like let's beat the 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 drum for him kind of the way i did for zach wilson and get that one wrong and then just kind of just throw out those little nuggets from time to time on sam howell instead and watch him be the actual breakout that i just i i didn't I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't assertive enough about it um, to to really take credit. I don't really like anyone from last year's class, to tell you the truth. No. <laughs> I just, I know that the Red, the, I, oh my God, I almost said Redskins. Uh, the <laughs> the Commanders. <laughs> the football team. Uh, yeah, that's, I, especially when you're older, I feel like you do that. I was calling yeah. the... The Raiders, uh, you know, Los Angeles Oakland. for years, and then yeah, Oakland, mm-hmm. and yeah, way after the it was past time. But anyway, uh, I know I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, Sam Howe. Sam Howe. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam Howe. Yeah, I I know the Commanders are talking like he's going to be the starter next year. I'd be shocked. Fifth, ever ever since he was drafted in the fifth round, I just put no stock in. It. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of him coming out anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I I'm by no means an expert film watcher, but I've started trying to do it the last few years. Uh, a shout out to the nerd, the dynasty nerds film room. I, I watch a bunch of stuff from there, but, uh, and I wasn't super impressed. And then you're drafted in the fifth round. Like to, you can count on one hand, the guys of the fifth round are lower who have done, you know, yeah, you got Tom Brady and, and, uh, and Brock Purdy this year. And that's about it. So, uh, <laughs> so I, the fact that he's even like, it's unlikely he's even going to get a realistic chance just when you're drafted that late, unless you're, you come out and do something amazing. It's super unlikely. And Pickett's got those small hands. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Although Joe Burrow had small hands. So that's, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But I don't think Pickett's Joe Burrow. No, I I don't either. That's why I kind of want to like, if, if, if I actually have this power of like, because I've done it twice now, like I, I, I thought Drew Locke was going to be a massive breakout. I was with felt you like, that one, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it felt like the tools were there and the weapons were absolutely there. The system was good. Like, there was kind of, it felt like the only thing that could, that can make this unravel is, is if he just is not talented. And it turns out that was exactly what it yep. is. Like, he just, <laughs> he's just a bad football player. So, yes. We um, took the L on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, and then it was kind of the same process with Zach Wilson. It felt like, man, the weapons, the arm talent, like that's all there. We, we've saw, we saw some of the, uh, some of the, the mobility at, at the end of the season in 2021. Like there was, there was plenty there that should have been indicators, but again, he just ended up not being a good football player. And that's kind of the, that's a fatal flaw. For yeah, you so, want to talk about a guy, you know, you said people and people did say it about Hertz. Zach Wilson is a very inaccurate guy. Going back to he he might have had good completions percentage in college, but if you again, if you watch him, he's a lot of the he, a lot of guys open and guys are like reaching up for balls, reaching behind themselves, you know, behind them for balls. He was not accurate, even with a good completion percentage in college, to my eye, I any mean, to my untrained eye. Yeah. And my untrained eye took the W on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and the thing is like, I generally don't worry about accuracy. Maybe that's part of the the flaw in the process. I usually don't worry too much about that. It's more about 
and this is why I like Sam Howell. It's just, it's more about like, are you, are you, how, how quick does your amnesia set in? You know, how quick do you forget a bad decision, a bad pass, whatever, and say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to try it again. Uh, that's the it, thing too with him though is he takes too many chances but that, that's bringing yeah. it back sort of full circle that's what's great about Jalen Hurts I don't, I don't know if people realize this if they're not watching him on a game out game in game out basis he does a fantastic job of protecting the ball you really mm-hmm. see him throw interceptable balls let alone actually throw interceptions he, he's fantastic and he doesn't fumble a lot either for for all yeah. he runs around in the pocket and runs you know you know rushing yardage he, he you rarely see him fumble as well yeah yeah, but he's still not afraid to take those take some shots. You yeah, know? that's what I like. It's, it's he's that good at confidence too, though, and that he isn't. He, he does it when he needs it. Like he's trying to get a first right. down, he does it. But you know, if he's gotten fifteen yards, he's running out of bounds or he's sliding or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It it, it really kind of does come down to. I mean, it, again, it's that, it's kind of that confidence. It's like you know you get what you need what you need nothing more nothing less and you're not afraid to take some change. like the thing that drove me absolutely nuts with Drew Locke was constantly throwing you know 3 4 5 yards short of the sticks on third down oh, it's like this is the ty- this is what i'm talking about that's a complete lack of balls honestly <laughs> like that's in and, and like that's the that's the big thing. It's like take some shots down the field. It's it's gonna be there from time to time. And the more often you try it, the more often you're gonna hit it. So yeah, it it, it it's it really is honestly it kind of comes down to like a mental thing for these guys that I'm kind of looking for. Uh and man, that confidence goes a long ways. Yeah, and that, so. that's another thing hurts is good. You, you rarely see him throw short of the sticks on third down. And, yeah. uh, and even if he runs on third down, he, he, like 75% of the time he's getting that first down. So, yeah, uh, yeah, he's got great away. And, and uh, just to, to bring it back to fantasy a little bit, too, he's, a, you know, I'm, you know, we're going to talk about it. I'm sure I'm always the guy who likes to get the cheaper quarterbacks. But it's not just cheap guys. It's under undervalued guys. Like Hertz was a guy I was going, and he was not inexpensive even a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he was undervalued. He was in that QB ten to twelve range, and I, I honestly, again, I, I kind of foresaw that foresaw this coming. I think that's a word. Um, <laughs> uh, it is I, now. Yeah, I figured at worst case he's a low end QB one, and he had yeah. the ceiling. I, I was saying it all last uh, non-point scoring season. He had, and he didn't quite do this, but he had the potential to have that kind of break fantasy football season that Lamar had a couple of years ago in his MVP mm-hmm. season. Uh, he was to me like the only guy in the league that really had that potential. And and at worst, his floor was okay. He's going to be QB ten because he's got that rushing upside. Yeah. Have you thought about? I mean, it's it's very early in a non-point scoring season. Um, And again, I'm sure that you're pretty focused right now on the Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and, you know, what the what the party's going to look like afterwards. I want to actually get to that in a second. But have you thought about who that quarterback could be for 2023? 
Uh, I mean, there's a few different guys I've liked that I've already kind of talked about a little bit uh, on trade addicts and junkies. And Kyler is a guy I like to go. I like the idea of going after a lot right now, uh, just because again he's undervalued and he has super high upside. And like we had a trade where I think in a trade addicts league where he went for like one first. It was like the 102 or 103, but I'm. I'm treating that all day for Kyler Murray. I don't care if he doesn't play half the year. Uh, I'll take him over CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young. So if you can get him for that kind of price, then I, I'd be all over that. I actually, hmm. well, maybe I'll wait till we get to, because I know you're going to talk about the league you were talking about with Scott. I actually hmm. have a trade in there that someone offered. Well, do you want me to talk about it now? I have a yeah, trade in there that someone, and it's a little bit of conflict of interest because John's in that league, but you know, <laughs> anything for content. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Surprise to be in a podcaster. It's actually a very similar trade, except there's an extra pick added on it. Uh, it's 103 and 112 for Kyler. I, that might be Ooh. a little rich for me. What do you think? Oh, man. Um, and we well, know I have a bit of a, you know, we, <laughs> we talk, I think we talked about before we started recording, but I have a bit of a, a, a QB room issue, too. So it, yeah. it would definitely makes some sense. But it's also using two picks on one guy. I don't know. Let's let's set the table a little bit for that. Let's let's put it into context because yeah. So we talked about Tech Mobile with uh, Scott Sidlow. Um, he has basically every quarterback somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just he's just cornering the market and like it's just snowballing on us. Um, but I mean, this is this is a this is a a tough league. It's a very fun league, but it's tough, man. There's some great competition that you yep. put together. You commissioned this league. You, you created this league. Uh, I, I told Scott. Um, and so now I can, I can say it with you here and get possibly some confirmation here. My belief is that this league was created so that you and I could test our, our strategies on quarterback and on the uh, roster building. It, it's actually not why it was created. It, what happened, what it really is, and I, I was going to mention this um, after you talked about it a little bit. It was actually, I have a couple of home league guys in this league. You said there are a lot of heavy hitters. Scott Connor's in it. You're in it. Sidla's in it. Uh, Justin Rogers from Dynasty Hot Sauce. Jay Mike. So a lot of really good players. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to expose, like, they're not the kind of guy, they're big, big time fantasy football guys. And they're actually in, I think, one or two other dynasty leagues. But I kind of wanted to expose them to, you know, some of these people and some of these really good players, and and uh, you know how, how you know the activity you can get in some of these leagues. Uh, so I wanted to kind of mix the two, and that's why I, I kind of asked all you guys to be in the league. But I'm not gonna lie, I was very, I very much wanted to be in a league with John Hogue. <laughs> to con- to kind of compare our two strategies in an actual live league together, so that that is definitely the reason one of the biggest reason I asked you to be in it. Uh, yeah. Besides just the fact that we're friends and we weren't in any other leagues together at the time, I think since we but we were both in TA six now as well. Yeah, uh, but at the time I think we I wasn't in there, so uh, I definitely wanted to be in a league with you. But I definitely was looking forward to seeing how our two strategies uh, compared and. Uh, after year two we're both kind of in the same spot (laughs) (laughs) that's what's funny about it like we it it, the yeah it was it was it was you know such a a kind of a big uh 
at least, you know, in my mind, it was, it was, okay, we finally get to test these strategies. We've been debating this forever. Let's actually put it up against each other. And, and, you know, you coming into TA six, like that gave us an opportunity to, to play against each other again, but we didn't get to build our rosters the way we wanted to. Neither of us did. I was in the startup, but I still, I, you know, I messed that up from the beginning. I traded for uh, Saquon Barkley after he was traded one, uh, he was taken 101 just to see what it feels like to draft the great <laughs> Saquon Barkley. And I mean, my team's been screwed ever since. But yeah, so it was, it, you know, I, I really wanted for us to be able to test this. And we were both, you know, confidence was so high. We were both <laughs> just like, um, you know, I know I'm right about this. And then <laughs> year one, I, you know, I ended, I end up with my QBX roster and my team was absolute garbage. Like I got it <laughs> wrong at base with basically every quarterback. Uh, and well, to, had, for me, your biggest issue in the startup. And I, I just, I, I wanted to prepare. So I did pull up the draft yeah. and the first, and this was like when the, the height of when, like, I mean, it's, it's continued since, but when everybody really started just drafting quarterbacks, like create, like, you know, for, yeah. for at the beginning, not the like when I got into Dynasty in like 2018, I, I immediately, uh, well, I've been playing before that, but like Twitter Dynasty and getting in leagues with people like Outhouse and you and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely, the quarterback thing was not what it is that now. And really, about I think about two years ago when we were doing this is when it started. Like you could you you would see like three quarterbacks go in the first round back in 2018 right. of a startup, and this this draft. Uh, the first 10 picks were quarterbacks uh, and you had, you had picked 10. So that, that was the thing to me is that that's what I've always said. It's always been one of my biggest issues talking with you about QBX is I I don't (laughs) like sticking to any strategy, no matter. And I know you do. I know your whole (laughs) thing is lean into what you feel comfortable with, but that's always been a big thing with me. And, in this draft, and, and these these picks made sense at the time, uh, but you took Aaron Rodgers at one ten and Ryan Tannehill. They made sense in that they were probably the tenth to fourteenth quarterbacks, um, which is around where you took them. But I just thought the value wasn't there where you were taking them because nine quarterbacks went off the board before you. <laughs> right. And I know you believe yeah. that people did that because it was you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand. Yeah. And I stand by that, but <laughs> I, I mean, and, and the other thing was, you know, we talked, I talked about this with Scott, but uh, several people traded back into the first round. Yes. So it had like two or three people ta- making two picks before I got my first one. And still all quarterbacks. So, you know, that that there is a time to be ready to pivot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and and man, there's 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 so much strategy we could get to as far <laughs> as that goes. But I mean, above all else, like I I first of all, I I knew I've always known that I don't feel okay about my team unless I have quarterbacks set. So, you know, the goal was to, to get the quarterbacks that, that I need to feel comfortable now, you know, obviously there's still some risk there because you actually have to get it right at quarterback. And I kind of didn't. So, (laughs) uh, but you know, to me, I feel like the process was right. The process was sound, uh, considering what I try to do and what I need. Um, it's just that the names that I ended up with, 
uh, weren't quite right. Um, but you know, I also, uh, I had, I, I had another thought and I just lost it. And that sucks. Well, was I was just going to say, I, I'll interject. Um, Maybe you'll think of it. I was yeah. just going to say my big thing is, and we've had this debate before is I like to be flexible. I'm the exact yeah. opposite of you. I, I don't generally go in with the rigid strategy. I, I do obviously tend to lean towards later quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say late round quarterbacks, but later quarter, like I'll, I usually dip into trying to get two or three likely in that 12, 13, QB 12, 13 to 20 ish range. Uh, So I might draft him in like, but nowadays it might be the third, fourth and fifth, but at one time it was like the sixth, seventh and eighth, Uh, but in that range. And so that's the thing with me, like, but, but if, if like say in this draft, I was at 10, like you were, and only four quarterbacks went off the board. I'm drafting a quarterback at 110. I, I'm not just sticking to, I, I have to just wait and get Kirk Cousins no matter what. You know what I mean? Right. So I, uh, yeah, that's my thing. Which, it's, I just like the flexibility more than it, I'm like I said, the exact opposite of you where it's just, uh, you feel comfortable doing it this one way. I, I don't feel comfortable if I don't take the value. And that's, that sort of was my downfall in this draft after year one, because I took the value at a lot of my picks um, but a lot of the value in this draft, I think because of how many, uh, you know, p- podcasting guys and really smart guys, everybody was going young. And I took a whole bunch of I took a whole bunch of old guys and it worked really well. Year one, I mm-hmm. think I made the semis or the finals. Like, I didn't win it all, but I know I, I made a fairly decent uh, deep run in the playoffs. And then year two kind of fell apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the funny thing about it is, like I said, uh, you know, both of us were just so sure about our our strategies. And then, you know, for for a, a variety of reasons, it's kind of left us in both in a pretty bad spot uh, at, you know, at the moment, again, two seasons in. Um, I mean, I guess we would say to this point, your your strategy is winning out because you did make, I think you were in the, I think you were runner up. I think you were in the championship. I definitely it was either in the semis or lost in the final. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was like, it was, it was a good enough team to make that run in year one. And I, it, you know what? I think that there's a lot of value in that. Number one. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think that there's a great opportunity for people to go get a championship in year one in a dynasty league because so many people are thinking kind of long term, like, how do I bo- build out this kind of sustainable thing? And and it's like somebody's got to win year one, you know, and then once you win a championship, you're playing with house money for a couple of years. So, you know, there's, there's some value in that. It, it reminded me of, of my other point, which is, um, you know, I like, so I felt like I was it, it, like the expectation of me uh, in that league was to go QBX. Like if I had pivoted off of that, uh, I think that um, a lot of people would have been pretty disappointed, you know, Uh <laughs> I know I would, <laughs> it would have. have been like what the hell <laughs> just like scrap the league just like no we're not doing this <laughs> this is bullshit um but I you know I and and 
you know, I can come on here on the super show and, and talk about quarterback extreme and how important I think it is, but there are a lot of people who would love to know about, you know, what are, what are some other ways to do this? Like I, I talk about this all the time. I spent the, the non-point scoring season two years ago, just hammering on QBX. Like that's all I came on here and talked about to a point where I was starting to piss people off. <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, the, the, like there's some great ideas here, but there has to be more than one way to go about this. And which I think has been the crux of your argument all along, which is that, yeah, this isn't the only way to go. Like, yeah, yeah. it can work, but there are other things that also work. And, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's pretty important to, uh, to kind of represent that other side. So Anyways, that's that's a big part of why I wanted to bring you on here and talk about this because, um, I you know, in in hindsight, I think that both of us could just say my strategy would have worked better if I had gotten some of the names right. But you know, it's it's I don't think that it's an in a you know an unequivocal win or loss either way at this point. I think that I, I mean, I personally think that my roster is probably in a little bit better shape at the moment. Um, but I think, I mean, again, I would say that you've so far won the debate in terms of you made it, you made it to a championship. You almost won a championship in year one. Ultimately that's kind of what we're after. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that both are valid. I think both are worth talking about. And so from there, I really just kind of, you know, it's, it's not about, to me, it's not about rehashing the, uh, the debate. It's about, you know, looking at both strategies and saying, all right, like, how can we make it work from here? What do we do from here? Right. And we kind of talked to, I kind of talked about that with Scott, like what the hell are you going to do with all these quarterbacks? And I mean, his answer was basically, I'm just going to keep collecting them and, <laughs> you know, I'll cash them in as needed, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to stop drafting quarterbacks. I'm not going to stop picking up quarterbacks. Like I've got 12 of them. I'm going to keep going. Um, you, at this point you've got like, you're hoping Desmond Ritter, I'm not uh, hoping Desmond Ritter anything to tell you the <laughs> truth. He, I mean, he, you're right. He's literally yeah. like the best quarterback on my roster because I, I sold off. Uh, I think the only legit quarterback I had in season, which was uh, Brady. Yeah. Uh, but which, I was, was actually uh, it, part of my problem in this league actually is that I wasn't active enough as well. Cause I knew early <laughs> on in this season that I, I was not going to compete this year. I could just see the way it was going, even though, I, uh, and I'll get into this. I have some decent assets on my team. I know it's it's not in great shape, but it's not in awful shape. I, right. I have some pieces I can move if I want to do that. Um, I just did not do that as well in season as I should have. Like I have, again, I have no quarterbacks. I did move Brady. I did move Adams in season. Uh, and I have, I still have, I think, some desirable pieces. Some of them are older, but I have a, I have a Dobbins. Uh, who people, you know, probably closer to point scoring season, but his value will is still pretty good. Uh, I have Pacheco, uh, who I drafted 
um, which is, you know, he's not going to get me a first probably. And maybe if he goes for like 300 yards in the Super Bowl or something, <laughs> but other than that, he's, but he's still a piece that I could get something for. Yeah. Uh, I have DeAndre Swift, Swift. whose value has gone down, but still has value could increase even if he in the point scoring season, if he shows more than he did this year, uh, Hawkinson I have, which could just be a piece I rebuild with. That's basically what I'm trying to do. And I just didn't do it well enough in season. And my, my receivers are a mess. My quarterbacks are a mess, but uh, I, I do have two firsts. Uh, that's why I was saying, I don't know if I want to move both those first for a Kyler Murray, which is the offer I have, but that's kind of what I'll be looking to go. I have, I have the one Oh three. I have the one twelve. Uh, so the 103 is going to be a quarterback one way or the other. Is it going to be CJ Stroud or more likely Bryce Young? Maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm more likely I'll probably try and get the best QB I can with just the 103. I don't think I'm going to accept. I don't know what your thoughts on it, but I don't think I'm going to accept that trade unless I can get him, get Kyler a little bit cheaper, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the 103 and, and another piece, one of those players I just mentioned, or or uh, another pick or something, but, but yeah. I could get someone maybe slightly below uh, Kyler that that could still be around a while. Another guy I like, actually, I don't know if I give up the one Oh three form or not, but Trey Lance, I think is undervalued because uh, I don't even think he has to be very good. And I think he is going to be the starter next year, despite Brock Purdy uh, this season. I, I just think the, the two years ago, Jalen hurts showed us that, you can be a mediocre passer, which he was that year, <laughs> and uh, and still be a really great fantasy asset. Now, you need to improve to be the guy long term. But I think if he starts this year, stays healthy, and was at le- is at least as good as Jalen Hurts was two years ago, he's getting at least another couple years, and and I'll ride with that. And then then if he doesn't improve, I'll have to figure it out after that. Yeah, I I so I just wrote an article for DLF basically explaining the top uh, 120, I believe, of my Superflex Dynasty rankings. And uh, I talked a lot about, like, I just kind of just, just like total, went total sidebar just to talk about, you know, real life football, talk about Brock Purdy um, and how I think that he is the starter there. Um, I, you know, I think that he makes the most sense for them. Uh, with the way that team that offense is built you don't want it to run through the quarterback you know you want it you want the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel like that's your those are your top two priorities you want the ball in the hands of Brandon Ayuk you want the hand the ball in the hands of George Kittle Elijah Mitchell like you you want all of these guys to have the ball in their hands long before you want the quarterback to and you know I, I think that it's suboptimal for the quarterback to just take off and run in that offense. But I still have Trey Lance ranked higher than Brock Purdy because I think that he could go basically anywhere else and, you know, be the starter and have a lot more fantasy upside than Brock Purdy. See, I think he still will be the starter there because it, to me, Brock Purdy is basically Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. So if you wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, what I mean, not that they're the exact same guy, but you know, he's a game manager. Uh, he's maybe not going to turn the ball over as much, at least from what we've seen so far, um, as Jimmy does. Jimmy always seems to throw at least one horrible pick a game. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but uh 
but he's yeah he's he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna win games for you brock purdy and like you said maybe they don't necessarily want that but they also invested three first round picks in getting the anti jimmy garoppolo in (laughs) trey lance and i i don't think they're just gonna give that up i i mean i get sunk costs and all that but that's a lot that they put into him and it's not even like he's failed he's he, they sat him for a year, which they probably should have. And then uh, because because he was raw coming out of college, he only played one uh, full season, really. And mm-hmm. then and then he got hurt. So I, I don't think they're just it's not like he's been awful. It's not like he was Zach Wilson. And now they're going to give up on that. I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> Had to bring it back. But, did that on purpose. <laughs> but so I, I just I, I don't I don't see them not giving him the chance to be the starter again. And I guess he could be on definitely on a shorter leash than he would have been otherwise if Brock Purdy didn't happen. Uh and we don't know if Brock Purdy's gonna be healthy to start the season too. They're saying six month recovery, so it looks likely, but he, you know, you don't know with you know, surgery and all that, anything could happen. He might not be ready to start the season. But even if he is, I think Trey Lance is the guy. But if he's if he's really bad in September, I could see it going south. So, yeah, but that's also making Trey Lance cheaper. So that, that's right. another reason why he's a guy I like to go after. The upside is huge, but yeah, there's definitely a, a very low floor there. Yeah, I I I like it for that reason. The fact that yeah, I mean, um, it, when you weigh kind of the probabilities of him being an NFL starter somewhere whether San Francisco or anywhere else versus what is, what his cost is right now. It's, it's, it's very lopsided. And especially when you consider the upside, if, and when he is a starter in the league, like there's like, that's, that makes him an extremely strong target, even for someone like me who doesn't particularly believe in him, but (laughs) sees the upside, you know? Um, so I guess that kind of begs the question, what would you be willing to give up to get Trey Lance? That is a good question. Uh, I believe I traded, I'm trying to think what it was, a 24 first and a 23 second for him in a trade addicts league. I think that's a pretty good price. The 24 class is looking pretty good too, but to me, I'm always slightly devaluing, uh, picks that are are further out like if it was a 23 first and 23 second it would probably depend on where the first was but uh, random 24 first and and a a 23 second which i think was mid uh seemed like a pretty fair price for me i would do that uh pretty easily in terms of just 23 picks i would probably i would probably give up a mid first lower mid first like if i'm gonna add, i was thinking of mid first and a mid second so maybe something like the 107 108 range mm-hmm. uh if i could get him for that and i do think a lot of people believe like you do that that purdy's gonna be the starter so i, I think i probably could get him for that yeah, uh probably yeah so i i would want to give up a top half first because uh I, I, we i've talked to zach reed recently and that first six or seven picks um is really at least pre-draft pre-nfl draft is looking like a, a really solid tier there you know you have the Bijan and the quarterbacks at the top and then those top receivers and, and gibbs and uh, probably another quarterback thrown in there depending on draft capital 
that may or may not be good, but it's going to have value for at least a year or two just because they were drafted where they were, like Zach Wilson. Yeah, drafted. Yeah, <laughs> going to drop in the Zach Wilson every every chance you get. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, about six or seven. I I don't think I want to. I'd want to give that up. I, I'd want to get them cheaper, and if I can't, I'd probably just go to a, you know, a lower tier value wise quarterback like like a, a Kirk Cousins or something like that. So I. I wonder, I assume that you end up in a similar situation in most leagues. I mean, it might not look exactly like this. Like if you did um, multiple startups two years ago, you probably had some with, you know, Kirk Cousins and. Uh, yeah, some don't end up with yeah. Desmond Ritter as the best quarterback two years <laughs> later. Like right. I, I, like you said, I have multiple Kirk Cousins. I actually have some teams. uh a lot of those are rebuilds, but I have some teams that I have. I like like two or three Justin Herbert shares. I have a couple mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson shares. So I don't never ever ever draft or or trade I think most of those were drafts. Yeah. But yeah, I, or draft or trade for for the high end quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. out of like I, about forty leagues, I mean, I'm, I would say that's maybe like six to eight of them where I have one of those guys. Okay, and and just usually just one you're not yeah i almost never the only league i can think of and it's funny too because it's one of the most middling teams i i've had i i uh, i think it's we're going into year four and i drafted lamar in the startup and i drafted herbert in the in the rookie draft so i think it was herbert's rookie year and i had like the 109 or 110 and took herbert in the rookie draft and i have lamar and herbert and i've been like six six and seven the last three years <laughs> despite those those two elite it's like it's so funny the one team that i've really just stuck with the elite quarterbacks haven't traded down from them everyone says you know you have, and again they're not mahomes and allen but they're they're up in that top tier you know the next yeah. tier and everyone says you have those quarterbacks you don't do it you know that's going to carry you and it's carried me to the middle of the pack but <laughs> it hasn't gotten that's me any further so far yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah herbert had a tough season lamar just pisses me off man like i'm just i'm so done with lamar jackson with the inconsistency i get it like it's just it's been maddening um, I'm, I'm, and I've been doing a little bit of research on this. I'm trying to figure out just like how, how bad is it? And he's actually a little bit more consistent than I thought. Like you strip away those two monster games in week two and three. And I mean, you definitely see like pretty middle of the pack numbers, yeah. but, uh, he's, he's consistently like just above average, like just good enough that you can like consider him an ongoing starter which is generally what we're looking for but as far as like league winning upside i don't i just i don't think that's ever gonna be him but anyways that's a totally different rant (laughs) because that's not even what we're looking for necessarily but uh but in it so in a lot of leagues though since you don't really prioritize you know the top end quarterbacks you probably do, and and not only that, but the other thing that I know about you is that you that you really kind of. I might be, I might be misrepresenting this, uh, but it it seems to me that uh, you also kind of prioritize older quarterbacks, partly because they're cheaper. 
Yes. Um, I imagine that's the main reason. Um, but so, I mean, you probably ended up with, you know, you probably had Brady and Matt Ryan in some leagues and, you know, you essentially just lost those guys. You probably, you I'd know. say my most common QB combination, probably I would say minimum six leagues was Brady and Cousins. Yeah. yeah. So you just lost one of them. Uh, you know, you, you should still have Cousins for another, you know, a couple of years at least, but so anyways, I, you know, just kind of it, like if we were to call this just kind of this overarching strategy, I mean, you kind of end up in a, a fairly similar situation quite a bit to a point where I imagine you've thought quite a bit about how to, you know, what's the next step in the process. There's probably there's probably more to the to the process than just the draft, the startup strategy. There's probably. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, I. I got those two old quarterbacks within the first, you know, two or three years of the life of the dynasty. I lost those quarterbacks. They retired and I had to start over at quarterback. Here's how I do it. You probably have that type of strategy already in mind, already in place. You've even implemented it and enacted it several times. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. What does that look like? Like it, it, like what kind of what type of quarterbacks are you typically targeting? Like what's kind of the profile that you're looking for uh, when you're, you know, several years down the road trying uh, to rebuild it? Yeah. A lot, a lot of it is kind of what you said at the beginning there is targeting older guys for one thing, because mm-hmm. they're always going to be devalued uh, just because of age. And it gets more so every year, every position just keeps getting more devalued because we get so youth happy every single year in dynasty. It feels like it gets more and more. Uh, But even when I started, there's always those guys that are in the older range that are still playing well, but people are willing to move on from like, I hear a lot of people say, and I'm sure you might've said this at some point, John, too, that like, you know, you lose this quarterback. It's going to be so hard to replace him. I just mm-hmm. haven't found that to be the case. Like I lose a Brady and in this non-point scoring season, I, I can guarantee you I'm going to, and again, these might not pan out because both of these guys I'm going to say had very bad seasons, but I, I I'm probably going to get multiple Russell Wilson's because I see a bounce even, even before Peyton, I saw a bounce back. I've said multiple yeah. times on different podcasts, I think the removal of Nathaniel Hackett is going to have almost an Urban Meyer effect on Russell Wilson. So, yes. yep. <laughs> uh, and just just him gone is going to make Russell Wilson better. But I think Peyton can only help. And Matthew Stafford, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, is another guy that I really think is going to have a bounce back season. I don't think he's. Re- I know people say there's retirement concerns. I don't see him retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to get at least a couple more years out of him. And he was great two years ago. If you had Matthew Stafford, which I did on many teams two years ago, uh, he, he was a he was a QB one with yeah. no running ability whatsoever uh, on the, during the Super Bowl year. So, uh, and I don't know. I think he probably can get back to QB one stat like ten to twelve, which is all I'm really looking for. I, I want guys that have a QB one upside. I don't worry about getting the QB one upside, but at least a QB one upside, which is what. Why I always like to get, and the bad thing is he had such a good year this year. People are starting to realize that Kirk Cousins has always been my guy because he's a QB one year after year after year, and nobody ever wants him. So he was always one of the guys I was going for, but uh, he's actually, his and his ADP would always be like 16 to 20, like if you look at DLF. 
this year he's actually up to 14. So it seems like people are, are starting to recognize that he's actually a decent fantasy quarterback. Uh, and he finished at like QB six or six or seven this year, I think, depending on your scoring. Yeah, he was in mid QB one range. Um, usually he falls again in that that lower end range. But I just figure if I can get those points, my the rest of my roster is usually going to be good enough uh, that I can do it. And like, and again, these are obviously on contending teams. I mean, if on this mm-hmm. Tech Mobile team, I'm not looking to get Russell Wilson or uh, Matthew Stafford because this team probably it not probably is not good enough to win next year, uh, barring barring a miracle. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So in the case like this, I'm fine uh, paying a little more for quarterbacks on rebuilding teams and kind of letting it ride while I build the rest of the team uh, when it gets this bad. But it often takes a while, longer than a year to get. Like I said, I went super old in the startup, which is not a strategy I usually employ either. Uh, it's just how it ended up working in Tecmo Bowl. But uh, usually I, I have multiple teams. Uh, one of my first – the first league I ever commissioned, uh, I had uh, – it's called it's it's a Breaking Bad league that that uh, Scott Connor actually was also in. He just left this year actually, but some other people too. And I've been in the playoffs there every year. Uh, I I did get lucky in that year two. I I think it was year two. It was year two or it might have been year one. I got I got Patrick Mahomes cheap <laughs> because this was after his rookie season. So. Uh, and I rode him for a while, and then the team started to fade a little bit. Was still was making the playoffs, and and I did trade down from him. And now I have a more typical Rocky uh, Petrella QB room, but uh, it's worked for me year upon year. I've been able to to replace the quarterbacks and still keep a decent team around them. And uh, I think now I do have a Stafford and a Tannehill or something like that. Uh, but you know, my QB two, even when I had Mahomes, was always one of those guys. I know I had Carson once there for a year. Got guys like that uh, when Carson once was at least halfway decent, yeah. and and that's basically how I do it. I, I if I'm rebuilding, I will more likely if I'm rebuilding, I'm going to draft a guy. Like I have a talking about those good teams, the teams with good quarterbacks, uh, like high end good quarterbacks. I, I have another one with uh, Burrow, Herbert, and. Mac Jones, but that that one that draft pick didn't work out as well. Looked decent year one, not so much year two, uh, and and that team was a rebuild. And uh, you know I've held on to those guys. So in a rebuild, I'll often try and draft the quarterbacks. I'll try and get picks, and I'll, I hope hope I get the picks right. And uh, I will occasionally pay for someone, like I said, like a Kyler. Uh, who's got many years left in the league? Uh, guys like that that are devalued. Uh, Hertz, I Hertz was a guy that I was uh, getting in a lot of places last year because, like I said, he was in that low end QB one range, was young. Uh, so on contending and rebuilding teams, because I I did think he was going to be better than what he was being valued at. So it depends on the team, but more common. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I tend to have a lot of contending teams um, uh, better than this Good tech football team. Uh, but and none of them have Zach Wilson on them. I know they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I had zero sec. I don't think I've, I, I, unless I picked one up in an orphan or something, I don't think I've ever had a Zach Wilson share. But, uh, but more common, what I do is just rinse, repeat with the older guys and find the guys that I think people are, are devaluing or just willing to sell cheaper that I think can produce. And a lot of times 
I do get that right. The, I, there were times I went for like, I'd say a Matt Ryan with the Colts and the, not a lot, but I mean, the, I don't just get every older quarterback. There's certain guys I don't like that. <laughs> I like yeah. Derek Carr is someone that I hear people sometimes. Oh, Rocky, he'll have a Derek Carr. Like I don't, I have very little Derek Carr shares because I've never ever since he was like 25 or something and had that borderline MVP season, he's not really shown the propensity to be a QB one. And that's what I'm looking for. He's He's always resided in that QB two range. And I'm looking for guys that at least have the upside to be a QB one, even if they're older. And and Brady was that for years. That's why I have so many shares. You know, he was at 44 was a QB one. So, uh, and I was, you know, picking him up ever since he was like, since I started, uh, you know, being in as many leagues as I am like five, six years ago, uh, he was 39, 40 then, and he was already devalued because he was 39 or 40. <laughs> so, so the point scoring guys that are older or older guys, like, like I said, like Russ and Stafford that uh, I think had bad seasons, but are not likely to continue. Those are outlier seasons for both of those guys. And I don't think either of them was washed up. Yeah. What, like how many in let's, let's call it a, a rebuilding team. Actually, no, I I actually want to talk more about some of the reloads, even though that kind of takes us away from tech mobile for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, all these, all these millions of contenders that you have <laughs> <laughs> that now need quarterbacks, uh, how many of them are you like, how many shots are you taking between, you know, trading for some known starters in the league uh, you know, some maybe some speculative guys like for me, I mean, here's a here's another one that'll um, I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, Gardner Minshew is the best backup in the league and is honestly one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, even including the incoming uh, rookie class. And, you know, so to me, that's a great, super cheap way to take a shot. Maybe you get it right. Maybe you didn't. But, uh, you know, I don't think that you paid enough for it to be devastating um, mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen. So, like, that's a great target to me. But, you know, speculative guys like that, um, you know, current starters, even if they're kind of shorter term type of starters and rookie picks that are kind of earmarked to be quarterbacks. How many of those are you going to uh, are you going to take a shot on? Um, in order to reload at quarterback i generally don't go after guy i agree with you on Minshew and Minshew in terms of a real life nfl perspective um mm-hmm. that he's probably one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the league but i'm still not still sure not upside yeah um, yeah I'm, I'm not sure he's gonna get the uh the chance to be a starter somewhere else mm-hmm. uh i don't think that's a, that's a given and i generally do tend to target when i'm trading for guys tend to target guys i think will likely start mm-hmm. um because because the way i play it i often need somebody who's going to be a starter <laughs> so right. uh and i don't I, I prefer to use my draft cap and i do trade a lot of draft picks in season when i'm when i'm trying to win i'm kind of like russ in that way that i'll i will i, I definitely have teams that have uh, you know their firsts and things like that but i tend to trade a lot of them away to, to try and get points in season and things like that which makes it makes it harder to uh or even seconds which makes it harder to to get a guy like Minshew when we're in the non-point scoring season here, and I want to try and speculate. What I tend to do more often in terms of that is 
not get a like I don't pay for guys. I'll just I'll pick up like five, three, four, five backups of of high end quarterbacks or good offenses in case one of my guys goes down. That kind of thing. I don't generally try and use them for long term. Like like I have multiple Case Keenum shares because he's Josh Allen's backup or. Uh, I, I, I have, uh, I think I have multiple Chad Henney shares because he was on the chiefs and, and, uh, you know, especially when they had better web when Tyreek was still there, they're like, if, if he goes to, so just that I have a fill in, but I, in terms of backups, like trying to get a guy like Minshew that I think is going to start eventually, maybe I don't really do that. I try and get the guys that I think are going to start, uh, in terms of picks, this time of year, I will do that. I will try and maybe uh, move off some running backs if I can. If I can move a, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a guy that would feel like I have Aaron Jones on the Tecmo team. If that if, that that that's a guy that I maybe maybe can I get a late first for him? Probably not, but maybe someone slightly younger than Aaron Jones. Uh, maybe if I wanted to move Dobbins, because like I said, I don't expect this team to contend next year. I could probably get a a pick that could at least get me in. Uh, quarterback range. Uh, if I want to draft a rookie, not young or or Stroud, but one of the other guys, <laughs> or I could trade that for the I could trade Dobbins for like you know the one oh seven or something, and then trade the one oh seven for a quarterback if if, if the the person who wants Dobbins doesn't want to give me a quarterback. So uh, I, I definitely will probably s- try and sell uh, more attractive running backs like a Swift, also whose value is lower, but it's still attractive to a lot of people. Uh, it's definitely still worth a, a first plus, probably at least a first anyway. And, and yeah, I'll get picks that way. Uh, but I tend to not trade to get picks to get quarterbacks unless it's the high end. And I don't tend to trade for high end picks because it's just too much. Mm, okay. So I what gonna... I do, uh, I'm just going to expand on that. On, on the rebuilding teams, I, I often tend to have picks anyway. So, uh, like I said, on this one, I already have 103 and, and 112 um, before I even got to the non-point scoring season. So uh, 103 can already be a quarterback for me. And 112 could be a quarterback, probably not a solid rookie, but it, maybe I can trade for, uh, maybe I can use 112 in a trade for Tua, who, you know, who's a guy that with the whole concussion issue could, you know, I could get a little cheaper or something like that. And I'd still get a young guy that that looked uh, good at times this year. So uh, I tend to have the picks before we get to the end of the season. So I'm not really often trading for them. Uh, I find it more effective to do that in season when people are dying for their points and and then I'll take their firsts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My rebuilding teams. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. And that's kind of the way the, the, the in season economy really should kind of work. People should be willing to sell those later picks to go get a championship, get it done. You know, because like we said earlier, like you 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 just win one championship, now you're playing with house money for several years, you know. So yeah, like the sustainability isn't is important. I was just gonna say, for example, like I just thought of one this doesn't involve picks, but in season, and I can't remember the full trade, but I know I traded uh on a rebuilding trade addicts team, I traded Russ uh Kirk Cousins plus uh, for Kyler after he was already hurt. So stuff like that is what I'll try and do in season. And that's how I'm, um, you know, reloading a quarterback there. I, I don't care that 
that team probably isn't winning next year either. So it's, he's a nice little rebuild piece. Russ was going for a title and, uh, you know, I, I got Kyler Murray, and I think Russ even acknowledges on the show that I got Kyler Murray fairly. I forget what the plus was, but it was fairly cheap for for Kyler in terms of just the piece that I had. I think it was just one piece added to Kirk Cousins because he just wanted the points and he wanted to to move on from Kyler because of the injury. Yeah, let's go back to Tech Mobile for a second. Uh, good, man, I've got a ton of hypotheticals for you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one hundred and three kind of planning on quarterback I, okay so just to back up because uh you you said that you kind of don't really like to draft rookie quarterbacks no um, I, it's not that i don't like to draft rookie quarterbacks i just I, I don't go out of my way i was just saying i don't go out of my way in the num after the season to to try and get picks to draft them oh, okay. I, i'll tend to have picks already um, or I, I'd, I'd almost rather prefer that if I'm going to do that to trade for a Kyler or a, a Hertz last year or a Lance rather than someone I have at least some reason to believe in already rather than what to me is it even the two guys at the top to me are total dart throws and Stroud and Young. I bet you one of them's going to fail. I don't know which one though. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Like it, 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 both of them feel so safe, but we just know historically that's usually, I mean, you know, the, that 2020 class ended up being just kind of across the board, really pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, but other, you know, beyond that, it, you just, you end up with basically like one, you know, depending on how many quarterbacks you've got, it looks like we've got four more kind of first round quality quarterbacks this year. The odds say that one of them is actually like top tier elite type of guy, QB one, uh, um, up well, QB one floor, QB one overall type of upside. Like, you know, they one of those guys probably does that. One of them, and it probably it it typically isn't one of those top two. I was just gonna say that you know <laughs> Herbert, yeah, <laughs> yeah, one like somebody's gonna have. Uh, you know, a, a relatively safe floor with not a super high ceiling. Um, you typically get one of those and then everybody else busts. Like that's what normally happens in a quarterback class. So yeah. as much as I'm excited about both players, Young and Stroud, the odds say that one of them is going to bust completely. And the other one I mean, it's it's possible that they both bust. That like Levis or Richardson is your absolute stud from the class, and the other one is just kind of a an every week starter. Yeah. But like, I mean, you know that like that's more likely than both of them hit to a high extent. You know, to the, like the the best case scenario. So. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely risks in, like I said, trading for some of the guys, like like trading for Lance, like we were talking about. But I'd yeah. still rather take that risk over rookie. I've and not that I've seen Trey Lance play that much in the NFL, but I, I at least know what he can do with his legs, and I think it's better. I know, uh, you know, they have mobility, but it's better than either. I think those two guys are ever going to do with their legs. So, uh, he, I, like I said, that's why I like Lance specifically because. Again, I go back to the Hertz comparison. To me, 
I don't think he's going to be as good as Jalen Hurts, but he's that guy that can be what Hurts was uh, in his first year. And even if he never improves, uh, he might not last, uh, you know, more than two or three years, but he's going to give you a whole bunch of points while he's in there just because he's going to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember who has 102 in Tech Mobile. I can tell you 101 is held by Mr. QBX over here. <laughs> so uh, you almost have to plan on B. John Robinson being available at 102. What if he makes it to 103? With the, the roster that you have, what are you doing? Both Young and Stroud are gone. Bijan Robinson's still there. What's your move? I don't think he makes it to 103. But in this hypothetical, if he did make it to 103, I think that I would probably take him. And I don't expect to win in 2023 with this roster. So I would probably do what I said earlier and trade him in season and get a haul for him. I mean, I think you can probably get a haul for him now. I might even trade it while I'm on the clock, depending on what, if I get offered, I would definitely put it up there. If Bijan's sitting there at one Oh three, I would definitely put it on the, uh, you know, out there that he's available, you know, one Oh three is available, but assuming I don't get something I like, then I would probably draft him wait until in season. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind Bijan Robinson's going to produce no matter where he is. Mm -hmm. So I would wait for the production and then you're getting even more of a haul. Like once people actually see that he's doing what we all expected him to do, he is going to be worth even more. So uh, I would take it, take him just because I don't expect. And if I don't expect to win, there's no, even with drafting a quarterback at one of three, I'm not expecting that to vault me into contender status. So if I don't expect to win, then I might as well get the the guy that this is something I like to harp on sometimes too, is everyone talks about the insulated value of QBs, uh, which is true. They, they do. Uh, Zach Wilson was worth the, at least a first round. <laughs> there he is again <laughs> uh, for, for at least a year. You're doing um, this on purpose. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm saying even with not performing that all that well, he was, he was worth at minimum an, a, a low end first round pick for a year because he was just a quarterback. But yeah. I pointed this out that, the very high-end running backs, the, the 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 really good prospects that we all agree are really good prospects coming into the league at running back, they have value insulation too, and I think people feel like they don't. Like mm-hmm. like Javante Williams didn't even perform year one, really. I mean, he was okay. He looked good. He had flashes, but he was in a, a timeshare, and I'm not talking last year. I'm talking the first year before he got hurt, and his value pretty much went up after that. Like he, you were getting two first plus for, for Javante after his first year split in time uh, in Denver. And it's like that almost across the board. Not Najee was ridiculously high after his first year. Um, Part because he produced, but as long as we believe in that guy coming out and he gets really good draft capital, there is a minimum a year insulation. And I could go through a number of names, but just mm-hmm. any high end run. Like it's not just any first round running back. I'm just talking about there's usually two or three guys in every draft that everyone believes in goes in the top five to six picks. Um, it, like in this last class would have been Brees Hall. Uh, you could argue Ken Walker was that guy. And he is still mm-hmm. worth a lot despite not, he had a good year, but he wasn't amazing. Uh, and he, you can get a lot for Ken Walker. So 
there I have no problem draft if I think and I think I heard you say this like you you prefer more to draft for need than value even in the rookie draft mm-hmm. uh, or in the rookie draft I, where I'm I I'm team uh team trade addicts where we always say draft for value uh trade for need I'll, I'll draft the uh the running back and he unless he like tears an ACL in training and even then Brees Hall's teared one during the season and He's still worth a pretty good amount um, because he showed something. But unless unless the guy, the running back, tears an ACL before playing it down, he's going to hold that value for uh, just like a quarterback for a minute, a minimum of a year. And you can get a lot for him. And if he produces in season, oh, my God, like, you know, not, like I said, Najee Harris, uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, as long as they show it on the field, the, the, the value goes through. The, even now when people more than five years ago or are, are, are team – you know, sell running backs. If it's a young guy that, that has a big season or even a very good season or even an okay season where he shows a lot of flashes like Javante, you, you're going to get a lot for that uh, in season when you're, and if you're a rebuilding team, it's still, I always say it's still worth drafting a running back. If he's the, if to, to you, he's the highest valued guy on the board because you're going to be able to get a lot in return for him. You can't just look at it as I have to start this guy. It's, I can trade this guy later. All right, I'm not going to drag you into a debate this late in an episode. So <laughs> what what that really means is we're going to have to uh, do this again before the draft um, so that we can get into that stuff a little bit more. But <laughs> like, I, I, I just felt like it's, it's pretty important to kind of uh, start to lay out a blueprint for people, whether, you know, you're retooling, rebuilding, um, you know, if, if you're, if your quarterback, if your strategy kind of looks the way Rockies does, um, you know, in the, in terms of uh, quarterback, um, you know, roster building uh, specifically a quarterback uh, through the startup kind of, you know, what's the next step. Um, so that, that's kind of been more of the focus today, but yeah, we, we've got more to talk about later. Uh, so we'll have to do that. Um I, but I, yeah, I do want to uh, respect your time and get you out of here. Um, you're, it's later there than it is here by <laughs> a couple hours, and uh, you've got a big weekend coming up. So, my, my, I do have a couple questions for you. We'll get off topic, get away from Dynasty, get away from Tech Mobile, get back to the birds. Do you have any superstitions when it comes to watching the Super Bowl? Do I have any superstitions? Uh, like um, I just, I just saw eighty for Brady. I don't know if you've seen that. I've, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the movie. I've seen the commercials, but yeah, I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, like they, they have to start every single Patriots game the same way with like one of them up on a ladder changing a light bulb, one of them's drinking tea, one of them has to like knock over a bowl of chips. Like they have to do. It doesn't have to be that extreme, but like <laughs> something like that. Uh, I don't know that I have any major superstitions. I will say I always, uh, I always have to wear my gear for again. I always wear an Eagles sweatshirt or, or long sleeve tee and, and an Eagles hat. And one thing I, I always do, a weird thing I always do in game. I don't know how this started. Uh, whenever I, uh, 
whenever I, especially if they need a, a big play or I'm really hoping something goes right, I always, I, I rub the logo for good luck, either on my hat or on my shirt. I'll nice. rub the logo. I only do it on big plays though. I'm like, okay, need a big play here. I don't know how I started doing that, but, uh, or they need to make this first down. That's the only thing I can think of. Other than that, I don't think I have any major superstition, but that's a weird little thing that, that I do uh, in game. Uh, for whatever reason, I have no idea how it started. Just something weird in my brain made me just start doing that. It, it clearly works. I mean, or, or else it this year it has. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> it it wouldn't have stuck if it didn't work. Like, yeah, if you yeah. did it once, and you know, McNabb threw an interception or whatever. You're just like, oh, never doing that again. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Instead of fourth and what was it? Fourth and twenty five. Yeah, fourth and twenty six. Yes. Yeah. Um, Freddie Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> uh what is the celebration gonna look like uh if and when the Eagles this is the thing, like it's so weird to talk about it as if it hasn't happened, even though this is coming out like the day after the Super Bowl. So we almost have to talk about it in past tense at the same time. So <laughs> if the Eagles uh when the Eagles won the championship, <laughs> won the Super Bowl, what is your what is your celebration look like? And um, as we transcend time and space through the medium of podcasting, <laughs> uh, how are you feeling right now? Uh, the celebration actually this year is going to be a, probably a little more subdued for me um, because I think. I don't even, we're just going to have some family, like uh, my wife's family over, uh, her sister, uh, her, you know, her brother-in-law, her parents are coming over. We're not having a big Super Bowl party. What I did, uh, I, I've done in the past, I've gone to, for a lot of years, my sister's uh, birthday, who's also a big Eagles fan, is right around uh, the Super Bowl. It's uh, February 5th. It used to always fall almost right on the Super Bowl, but since they added the extra week, now it's like the week before. But we always would go there, and that's where I was five years ago when they won. And that, we went nuts. There was there was a lot of drinking during that time. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I remember picking up my sister, spinning her around. My dad was there. Uh, it was it was nuts because then that was our first one too. So and, and an amazing game. So uh, that one there was just a lot of screaming, a lot of partying. Uh, this year, uh, back then, my son was my youngest. My youngest, who's the only one that's into sports. I have four kids. So the first three, I got it completely wrong. Couldn't get them into sports at all. Somehow I got the last one on track. Um, and but at seven, he wasn't really into it. And he actually stayed home that night. I did. I did, I think, uh, FaceTime him or something or call him. Uh, but uh, he wasn't really that into it. This now he is. He loves it. He's while we were doing this podcast, he was watching the NFL Honors show. That's so he's much more into football than he was. Uh, you know, where they give away the MVP award and all that. He's much more into football than, you know, he, he's in, he's doing fantasy for the last two years now. So, nice. uh, yeah, <laughs> I got to get him in the dynasty. We, 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 we've co co uh, managed a team the last two years and, and we won the title this year, friends and family league. So he, he loved that. And he, I let him basically do everything. He made a couple different trades, one where he got Justin Jefferson, which he loved and, and helped us win. And one where he got uh, Mike Evans and, uh, who got us into the championship game with that monster? Uh, if you remember that monster game, uh, where he had like 
200 yards and three touchdowns in in the like week uh, 16 or whatever it was um so he was so thrilled and i want to be able to i want to make sure that, I felt a little bad last time that I wasn't, but I, I knew he didn't. He didn't care that much, but uh, and and the other kids didn't care that much. They all actually stayed home because uh, I, uh, you know, I actually had to get a ride there because I know I'd be drinking there, <laughs> so I, I couldn't bring the whole family. Um, and, and the kids didn't really care about football, but this year I want to spend it with him. So we're just having some kind of a smaller thing. Uh, like I said, with uh, some of my wife's family. So it'll be a lot of high-fiving with my son uh, when they nice. win the Super Bowl, when, when they've already won the Super Bowl. When they won the Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> there will be a lot of high-fiving when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably This uh, time I'll probably, instead of spinning my sister around, I'll spin my son around. So. <laughs> All I ask is when you do get him into Dynasty, that you at least you you all you don't even have I to will tell not be him teaching that, him QBX, John. You don't have to tell him <laughs> that QBX is the way to go. All all I'm asking is that you say, you know what? There's a strategy out there <laughs> that I don't subscribe to, I don't even like, but I've seen it work. Or I've I've heard that it works because you haven't <laughs> seen it firsthand yet. <laughs> but it's 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 interesting. It might even be fun. Just listen to the Superflex Super Show and and just you know make your own decision. That's that's all I that's all I'm asking. I'll, I'll consider it. And <laughs> if if I ever have a son who gets into Dynasty, I'll uh, I'll also represent your side okay. of it. Um, in the I gotta get him listening to podcasts. He doesn't. I've I've mentioned to him that you know you there's articles out there you can read. There's podcasts you can listen to. And he's just like, no, I want to do it all myself. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, I think the only other maybe information he's meant he gets. He's to be a, a, an analyst. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the only other information I think he gets is maybe off of YouTube. He he watches some football stuff. Um, but yeah. he, he won't. And, but not like this. Just like regular, like other, you know, not guys uh, that, you know, that we kind of watch would watch on youtube just i don't know random tiktokers or something or youtubers that talk about football uh but but yeah he refuses to do it he feels like he knows everything so i'm hoping as he gets yep. older he he gets a little more into to, to learning more and realizes that maybe he doesn't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know man that like i said that feels like the exact profile of a fantasy analyst. The analyst yeah. Like I, I don't I don't know about you, but I mean like I listen to I still listen to fantasy podcasts. Oh I listen um, to so many. Including mainly this. like to support my friends. Like I listen to to everything into DAP network, of course. Um, you know, when like when I get time, like I I, I won't sit here and tell you I never miss an episode because uh I I wish I could say that, but it wouldn't be the <laughs> truth. But you know, every chance I get, I listen to you guys. I, you know, I listen to J Mike on the dummies and, and Zach, of course, yep. I listen to Peter Howard. I listen to Scott Connor. Um, you know, I, I, I love the, uh, you know, swags and, and, um, and Finero. Like I, I love to listen to my friends to support them, but like none of you guys can change my mind on anything. I, <laughs> I hate to tell you, love you to death, but it, it's never gonna, 
<laughs> like this you're is, never gonna sway me. This is it. true. I, I listen to your show, John, um, <laughs> many times, and I am not getting swayed that way either. So, uh, I but I just love listening to people talk about fantasy football. Like yeah. even if I, and obviously you're gonna pick up some things uh, that that you do agree with. Uh, yeah. But there's many things I know I'm not gonna change my mind on that I have. I feel sure, but I still just you know I love listening to it. So yeah, uh, it's always fun to just hear people talking about football or fantasy football yeah yeah exactly he'll he'll get to that point and he'll just say you know i i just like listening like i'm not learning anything i'm not yeah again you're not changing my mind it's just it's fun to listen to somebody else talk about this who thinks about it as much as i do right so exactly we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> all right uh, uh rock so good to have you back oh wait like before we finish john yeah I went into the, the to the Super Bowl that already happened. Right. What's your prediction? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I you going I, against my birds, Don? I I feel like that's so where you're tough. Going with it's this. so tough. <laughs> so here's the thing. So I, I'm I'm a Broncos fan. Sean Payton was just introduced as a head coach, and they asked him what his thoughts were. And he said, oh, I'm picking the Eagles because, you know, we never we never want anybody in our division to win anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, there was so much about the press conference that I loved. But, um, you know, he took shots at Russell Wilson. He took <laughs> shots at Nathaniel Hackett. He was just nagging people all over the place, just just <laughs> roasting everyone. Um, but like by the end of it, I was just ready to run through a damn wall. And the entire time, you know, I had been thinking, I had been feeling like, I think Kansas City probably wins this game. That's what my head says. But uh, my heart says Eagles. I'm definitely rooting for the Eagles. I was rooting for the Eagles yesterday. Um, and uh, I, I definitely, I hope that they win. I wish you the best. Um I do feel like more people are are rooting for the Eagles. And and I know a lot of people don't like Eagles fans or whatever, but I think just because the Chiefs have sort of become the new Patriots. So they're getting there. Yeah, Yeah. they'd rather see the – they haven't won enough titles yet, but they're just there year after year after year uh, with Pat and Patrick Mahomes and Andy. So uh, I I do kind of feel a sense more that people are rooting for the Eagles. And I – I do think they'll win, but I, I, I get it. I think it's going to be a close game. This is easily the, the toughest team they've had to face all year. Uh, but they have a, they, they both have very good offenses. They both have, you know scored the same the exact same amount of points this year, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I just think the Eagles' defense is better, and I think that's what's going to be the I difference. I do, too. So, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think you've got the advantage at every single position except quarterback, quarterback and tight yes. Yeah, their overall roster. Yeah, and Tyan, obviously, yes. Uh, but yeah, their overall route and uh, Chiefs are good in a lot of places. Like they have a good O line, they have a, a pretty decent D line. But the Eagles have a, a great O line and a great D line, um, yep. which is where that a lot of football, rush. actual football games, are won. So I just think the overall top to bottom roster, I think, is enough of an upgrade over the Chiefs that, and that hurts is very, very, very good. He, he's just not potentially the greatest of all time, like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, so I think. Mahomes is the reason that this is going to be a, a close, good, close game. But I think the Eagles' rest of roster is the reason they're going to win. Yeah, I kind of do too, especially on defense. I think you got them. So, um, 
yeah, uh, it's 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 man, it's going to be an exciting game. I think. I hope. I hope. I'd I'd honestly rather I, I not hope so see too. Unless uh, I'll be fine if the Eagles win forty-one to ten too, though. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be all right. Or forty-three to nine. That's uh, that was the final score for my Broncos. <laughs> oh, okay. The Seahawks, there so. you go. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that had to feel pretty good in Seattle. Yes. Yeah, man. I hope that we get to. Uh, we we get to celebrate that one. Um, definitely be in your DMs uh, <laughs> later later today <laughs> to congratulate you. And like I said, gonna have you back on very soon because uh, we've got some. This this was way too chummy. You and I need to. We've got some stuff to hash out. Apparently, need I'd to have to a word back. with you. <laughs> <laughs> love to come back and argue with you more john <laughs> definitely <laughs> rocky petrella trade addicts dynasty junkies i mean just check out the dap network and you're going to hear his voice in multiple places so at dynasty ff addict on twitter rock thanks for coming on always always great to talk with you my man Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Also, just going to throw in there, even though we don't do it as much. Also, DGN with Russ, Dynasty Game Night uh, oh, yeah. is another show I'm on that uh, we're, we're hoping to pump more out here, but we haven't, we haven't been keeping up with it, which is our fault. But <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I, I, we're in a new season, I believe. So, yes. uh, yeah, look forward to um, hopefully I can make it past the first round this time. <laughs> yeah Just need to not i didn't do too well again. on that that tournament of champions either john so <laughs> <laughs> uh yes well thanks for coming uh good luck to the eagles uh let's good luck yesterday to the eagles <laughs> <laughs> this is so, so awkward i know <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna be listening to this knowing uh, they already won or lost and we're, <laughs> yeah yeah let's wrap it up there for the week Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts. Mega feed. Do me a huge fa- favor and rate and review the super show if you haven't already. Uh, it just helps me to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, my super friends. Get at me on Twitter at SuperFlexDude. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James Brank Toulis. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Tell me.